able, just go ahead and stand to your feet as we get ready to worship our King, the one who does everything good. He wins every battle. He can fight any war. He can open up any door that no man can open, and he can close ones that we can't close ourselves. Amen. Let's worship the one who deserves all of our praise.
sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I know, oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My faith doesn't stand a chance when I'm chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I
but your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will.
love carries me through and all the valleys and the darkest places your love carries your love carries me Father, that you don't leave us alone, Lord, that no matter what we're going through, your love carries us, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. He's so good. He's so worthy of our worship. We're glad to have you here. If you would, go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning and tell them you're glad to see them. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to have you. Live streamers, wherever you're watching at, it's good to have you with us also. Facebook and YouTube and all those places. All right, tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can prep that. Offering envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around while the ushers will help you out. The ushers also have prayer cards and they, I think I have one up here, yeah. 
The prayer cards look like this, and we'd love to uh, uh, join in uh, your prayer need, join in faith with you about that. They pray over these on Monday night at Churchwide Prayer, but also I pray over them in my prayer time. So if you need a prayer card, wave your hand around, and the ushers will get you one of those also. It's good to have you with us this morning. Isn't God good? He is good. Yeah. Don't, don't, ever let, don't ever let outside influence try to persuade you that God is not good. Don't, don't allow it. God is good. He is faithful. And he shows up in so many different ways in our lives. And, and that last song they were, they were singing is the love of God that sustains us because it's because he loves us. Grace and mercy and forgiveness and all these different things that are... Uh, coming at us in life and, and the issues that we face and the complications that come up and all these different things. Look, God is with you. He has not forgotten about you. He is going to sustain you. That doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be easy, but look, he's got you. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, he's got you. Just let him know. He's got you. All right. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. All right. Let me pray over your tithe and offering. If you have something, uh, you can bring it down this morning. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. As we give today, it's a reflection of, of uh, just the wonder of a God who cares, a God who provides, a God who is always there. And we thank you for that. So our, so our giving is, is worship to you because of that. And we do it in your name. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. So if you have something, you can bring it. And while you're doing that, let me hit uh, some announcements for you this morning. Uh, Joy Fellowship meets today. That's one of our small groups. It is for the older folks in the church, but anybody is welcome. But if you have questions about Joy Fellowship, you may see uh, Bill and Patsy about that. Also, uh, along with that, don't forget that uh, we are collecting uh, the shoe boxes for uh, the Operation Christmas Childs. Again, so if you want information about that, see Bill and Patsy also about that. And then don't forget about the Sycamore House Bowling Fundraiser in November. If you have questions about that, see Mike, okay? Um, also, uh, I'm going to pass this around. This is a sign-up sheet. If your kids are going to be present for our Christmas Eve service, they're going to have a part in the Christmas Eve service. Christmas Eve is a Sunday this year, uh, and, and they're going to be doing kind of a, a song with bells, I guess. So if your kids are going to be here for that, we need to know who's going to be here so we can pull them out on Wednesdays for practice for that. So anyways, I'm going to pass this around uh, today and next week, and then practice will start soon thereafter. So please uh, sign your family name up on that, and uh, they'll take care of it. Um, let's see. Oh, this coming Saturday is our yearly women's bonfire. So if you're interested in going at 6 o'clock at the Brown Residence, it is rain or shine. Um, if, it, if it's good, they'll be outside with the fire. If not, if it's raining, I say toughen up. And no, um, I'm kidding. Uh, they'll actually head inside and play games and stuff anyways. But it's happening, rain or shine, 6 o'clock at the Brown Residence. If you need to know how to get there, uh, see Drew or Sarah or... Okay, the address is on the sign-up sheet. I did put a sign-up sheet out today. Just, just to give a general idea how many people are going to be there, I put a sign-up sheet out today. So please sign up for that. Everybody's welcome. That's a lady. Guys, you can't go. Sorry. Uh, but they have a good time. And what are they supposed to bring? Margaret's downstairs with the kids today. What are they supposed to bring? Like, 
Okay. Okay. All right, good. So bring followers kind of stuff, and, and uh, it's always a good time. They do that each year. So anyways, also, uh, one more thing. Next Sunday uh, is, a, is a fifth Sunday of the month. Everybody knows the fifth Sundays of the month are one big family Sunday. So that means the fifth Sundays uh, of the year on, on the monthly, whenever they happen in those months, the kids are with us for the whole service. So they don't have kids' church that day. They're in here with us, and they actually participate in the service. They help me read the scriptures. It's just a wonderful time. Uh, we're a multi-generational church, and I just don't like to separate the generations out all the time. I think it's good for them to be with us sometimes. And so that's next week. So just so you know that, your kids will be with us for the service next Sunday, and it'll be a good time. So thank you, Samara. It's good to have you today. If you have a Bible, you can get it out. We do put the verses on the screens for you, but uh, I always like that you bring your, your Bible with you if you can and, and uh, get in there with us. Genesis chapter uh, number 32 is where we're going today. Genesis chapter 32. We're, we're in a series uh, called Questions. How many of you have questions that you'd like God to show up and answer? Yeah, I got them. I have a list. There, there, there have been some questions I've had that I've asked in the past, and I felt the Lord has given me wisdom or, or whether it showed me something in the scriptures or whatever, and I feel satisfied my questions would answer. But I have some questions that I have not been satisfied about just yet. And if I don't get satisfied about it until he comes back again, I'm going to ask him later. Right, I'm going to set up a meeting. I'm going to say, hey, can you talk to me about this stuff? But I guarantee the questions I have, I'm not the only one, so maybe he'll have a, a big powwow with a bunch of people about it. But... We have a lot of questions for him, but that's not what we're talking about. If you notice, if you're taking time to be in the scriptures, in, in your Bible, you'll notice that there are times that God himself asks questions of people. Jesus also does it. Jesus asks a lot of questions, by the way. Well over 100 times, God, Jesus, asks questions of somebody that they're interacting with. So, uh, I thought maybe for a little bit here on Sundays, we'd look at some of the questions that God asked from those around him or that he's addressing, and of Jesus also. I got a lot of questions, but maybe it's good to pay attention to some of the stuff he's asked. That's what we're doing. So Genesis chapter 32, we're going to jump in on the story of Jacob. Now, now we know Abraham, uh, Abram was called out by God to go to a place that he did not know or had not seen or had not been there yet because God was starting to bring forth the people of his own, and it started with Abram, as we know, changed his name to Abraham. And the succession of these people of God that ends up being who we know as the Israelites in the Bible, it's Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, right? Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about Jacob today and a story about Jacob that we find in Genesis 32 because this story sort of is the, uh, the story that kind of puts Jacob in a nutshell. If you want to know about Jacob, this is the story uh, that kind of epitomizes who he was. Now, in the Bible, if you notice uh, names have meanings sometimes, and, and sometimes those meanings are important, to the story and, and the person that's involved in the story. It's actually a name of a person or a name of a place or something like that. And uh, Jacob, 
his name means something that's important. Now, see, Isaac's wife was barren. Her name was Rebecca. In other words, she wasn't able to have children. If you notice, God often takes barren things and does good things with them. That's the God that we serve. Nothing too impossible for him. So Rebecca was barren, but yet God blessed her, and he blessed her with twins named Esau and Jacob. Now, Esau was the older, Jacob was the younger. In other words, Esau was born first. But as the story goes, when Esau is being born, Jacob grabs his heel as he's coming out. And the story of Jacob is a story of struggle, a story of a man who is constantly seeking a blessing, often not his own. If, if you read the story of Jacob, remember he, he tricks Esau for the birthright, remember? Took, took a blessing that wasn't his. And then later he tricked Isaac, his father, into blessing him instead of Esau, remember, and his mom was involved in it, taking a blessing that was not his, to make it his own. The name Jacob means deceiver. That's important. It literally means heel grabber. Like, remember, he was born, he grabbed his brother's heel as he came out. It, it means upsurper. That was a pretty good name for this guy because it's exactly what he was. He was constantly in struggle for something that was not his, and that's going to be important to his name that's changed to later. But he was one who was in way of, of deception to get the things that he desired. Now, Jacob, and if you read the story in Genesis back, back from uh, before where we're at today and, and afterwards, he, he struggled with his, his dad, he struggled with his brother, he struggled with his father-in-law, and he also was struggling with God. But the way he went about this stuff was not good. In other words, Jacob was not a good guy. I think, I think sometimes we've got to be honest with the people of the Bible. Yeah, there's some people that we count as, as great people of faith, but in the base level of who they were before God really got a hold of their life, they weren't good people. Jacob was one of those. So let's kind of pick up mid-story here of, of, of Jacob in the process of meeting up with his brother Esau, and he was actually worried about this, this meeting because of all the things that he did to his brother, he thought he was going to get paid for it. So Genesis chapter 32 and verse number 22 says, The same night Jacob arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 children, and he crossed uh, the fort at Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream, and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. Now, we find in the scriptures that, that when it comes to Jesus, there was times that, whether it was with the disciples or him by himself, that he would uh, retreat to a solitary place and be alone. If you want to learn how to meet with God, you've got to learn how to get alone with him. So Jacob sent his family and his possessions somewhere else, and he was by himself. And when he was alone, a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. So during the night, somebody showed up and began to wrestle with him, and wrestled with him all night until the, until the sun came up. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of, out of joint as he wrestled with him. 
Then the man said, he said, let me go, for the day has broken, or the sun has come up. But Jacob said, and this is, Jacob's always after this, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man said to him, here's the question, what is your name? And Jacob replied, Jacob. Then the man said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. So, so Jacob wants something back beyond this. But again, another question. Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. But Jacob was understanding something going on here. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life was delivered. And the sun rose upon him, and he passed uh, Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the, the people of Israel did not eat the sinew of the, of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and on the sinew of the thigh. That's a pretty wild story. Can you imagine camping somewhere and all of a sudden somebody in the middle of the night just shows up and starts wrestling with you? Kind of scary, I think, in the middle of the night, right? You're by yourself. And this wrestling match lasted the whole entire night. As a matter of fact, the prophet uh, Hosea recounts this, Hosea chapter 12, and he recounts that, that Jacob was wrestling with an angel. And actually, Hosea says in the, during this process, Jacob w was weeping and, and asking things of him. So though this man, it says man here, but, but it literally was an angel showed up and was wrestling with Jacob. But you often find in the Old Testament, there's this intermixing when an angel is there, it's representative of God himself. So we can say that Jacob was wrestling with God. And he wrestled with God all night long. And... In the middle of this wrestling match, at some point, God asked Jacob a name. He said, what is your name? And Jacob replied, well, it's Jacob. But Jacob could have literally said, my name is Deceiver. Because that's who I am and that's what I do. I'm after blessing even if I have to get what's not mine and make it my own. Deceive people to get it. But see, God... Uh, is not one to leave us as we are. You can think about this. This great story of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the nation of Israel, and ultimately the purpose of a people called out to his own is to get to Jesus. We know that. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of all those things. A woman who's barren is touched by God to have babies and has twins, and both of these guys are not good. They both become great nations, as we see in, in the Bible, but neither of them are really upstanding men before God. But somehow the plan of God does not stop because that's who God is. See, God's intention, and, and I loved his intention because it was God who initiated this wrestling match. This wasn't first Jacob's first encounter with God, but yet God initiates a time with Jacob in the middle of the night when Jacob was alone so he could change Jacob's life. 
That's the God that we serve. Now, I think it's interesting that uh, it says here that, that the one wrestling with, with Jacob could not overcome him. Um, but I think Jacob really understood because at the end of it, he said, I was face to face with God and yet my life was spared. He understood. It wasn't like he got up and that started bragging. You know what? I wrestled with God. It was the greatest upset in history. I beat God in a wrestling match. No, no, no. At the end of it, he understood. No, I was with God, but yet my life was spared. It, when, I, when I was reading that, I, a thought struck my mind. Imagine the many times that I kind of argued with God, or I doubted him a little bit. You know, I, I was frustrated that he didn't do what I wanted him to do, or when I, when I wanted him to do it. And yet my life was spared. That's what I thought about it. But yet my life was spared. You know what I'm talking about? That God in his mercy and his grace meets with us in our struggle, but yet our life is spared. But our life is spared for a reason. Because ultimately he's going to ask you a question. He's going to say, what is your name? And the thing is, you can't be dishonest in the moment because he knows you. Now, when he asked Jacob, what is your name? He knew who he was. This wasn't a secret. It wasn't the first time they met up. He knew Jacob, right? But he was trying to get past the literal, my name is Jacob. He was after his heart. Again, deceiver. One who upserts and takes things that are not his. So, Justice, if you'll throw the, the slide up for me, please. So, when God says, what is your name? He does it to meet us just as we are. Now, notice Jacob, yeah, he's a deceiver, but yet God still initiated time with him in order to get into his life. It's almost as if God had been, been dealing with him and all these different things, and finally he's just at a moment, okay, you know what, I'm going to wrestle with this guy. No more playing games with Jacob. Let's get, let's get super personal right here. And the angel comes and wrestles with him all night long. Because what he does is he asks your name. He knows just as you are, but his intention is not to leave you, deceive you, deceiver, but to change you. He wants to take you from being Jacob into Isaac, deceiver into promise, deceiver into somebody that delivers something to the world that changes the world. That's what God is after. God is not phased by your mess. He knows it. It's not a mystery to him. He's not phased by you if you're a deceiver. Not phased. What he wants to do is wrestle with you. What he wants to do is get personal. What he wants to do is change your name and take you from being a deceiver into promise, deceiver into intention. See, God takes us right where we are in the moments of our life, in spite of our mess, and he will wrestle with us in such a way that will leave us literally changed. See, uh, Jacob was like, hey, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. 
Now you, again, you read the whole story. He's after birthright. He's after things. But the blessing that Jacob received in that moment was change. That's the greatest blessing you can have in your life. It's the greatest blessing you can have. Now, I'm, I'm all for God blessing you. If God in wisdom in Revelation gives you an idea for a business and you start to make money, I am all for that. Bring your tithe to the church. Right? But that blessing means nothing unless your life is being changed. I'm all, I'm all for you praying for God to touch your body physically if you're sick or have an illness, disease. All for it, 100%. Let's pray. Bring it into the church and let's join together in prayer. I believe God does those things. But yet, what good is that blessing if your life is not changed? I'm all for, I'm all for God giving you dreams and visions and purpose. Amen. Bless you. Give you purpose for life. Give you reason to be. What good is all those things unless your life is being changed? Because you can still, you can receive a blessing and still be a deceiver. You can receive a blessing and never become Israel. See what I'm getting at. So God asks you your name because he's after your nature. What is your name? Who are you? What are you really like in here? Now, again, God knows it's not a mystery. He wants you to understand who you are. Not to shame you, not to make you feel guilty, not to put you down, but to let you know, hey, there's a different way. Let me take you into it. God's after you. Now, the name Israel, by the way, and it, and it says it in there, the name Israel means one who struggles with God. The nation of Israel really means a nation who struggles with God. It is better to struggle with God than remain a deceiver. As a matter of fact, the best thing you can do is live your life struggling with him. In other words, involved in such a way that you're constantly with him in a personal space, wrestling with him. That's the best place for you to be, by the way. I encourage you to find that place. To go from somebody who's lost and messed up to somebody who is struggling with God and working out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's who he is. God's after you. See, Jacob walked away from that with a blessing, but it was a new name. He walked away from that and was able to say, I was with God face to face. In other words, he walked away with a testimony. Jacob walked away with a new start. Jacob walked away with his hip displaced from the socket. He had a visible sign that he met with God. You do that as the whole opposite of things we're after. My hip's out of my socket. I'm praying God help me put it back in the socket. But Jacob walked away with a life of a limp as a testimony and a sign that he was with God, that Jacob would never forget that moment. 
Never say, well, maybe that was just a dream. Maybe it wasn't really real. But he had an experience with God that literally changed his entire being. But if, if you put this in the context of what's happening here, he's on his way to meet his brother Esau, who he deceived and stole everything he had, his birthright, his blessing, and he's in fear of this, this man, as he should be. But after this happened, you'll notice the story, there's actually a reconciliation that's initiated by Jacob trying hard to be reconciled. In other words, Jacob, coming out of fear maybe, but as a new person, understood that life is different. I need to make some things right for the things I've done in the past. See, being changed from a deceiver to one who struggles with God, but now you got to start acting like you're struggling with God. That's life change. Again, that's what the blessing is. During the night to the daybreak, listen, your darkness will have a dawn, I promise you. But let God be the one who brings it in a way that life is being changed. So the dawn of your life is the newness of being taken from one thing to the next thing. God doesn't leave you as you are. So, listen, I am a giant, huge proponent of saying God loves you just as you are. I know people get upset when they hear that. God loves you just as you are. But he has no intention of leaving you there. We need to add that part to it. He has no intention of leaving you where you are. It doesn't mean it's easy. It means you may have to struggle with him. Wrestle with him. But he has an intention for you. And often, he's just constantly trying to break into your life in order to grab hold of you in your mess and say, let's go somewhere. Let's not stay here. This is not where you're to be. I have something much better for you. So, so Jacob, who is now... Israel, the one who struggles with God, asked a question back. He said, I want to know your name. And, and, and another response from God is, why do you ask my name? I like this because Jacob went from, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me, to, what is your name? I want to know you. The, the ultimate result of wrestling with God is not to get a, another blessing. But it's to know him. Intimately and personally. That God is not the standoffish God out there somewhere that we try to interact every once in a while or when we need things. But he is consistently, intimately a part of our life because we're that engaged with him. And I believe in those moments that he will change you. You will have moments with him that will change you in such ways like you get a limp. 
By the way, I don't ever trust somebody spiritually with your life that doesn't walk with a limp. Trust your life with people that have been with him and wrestle with him through the night. Amen? I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed at the story that the line, the line through which Jesus comes comes through people like Jacob the deceiver. I'm amazed at the story that a woman that couldn't have babies had babies. I'm amazed at it. I'm amazed at the story that God uses imperfect people in ways that glorify the world. In other words, the presence and the glory of God comes. I'm amazed at the story that God initiates contact with us. I'm amazed at the story that God wants something better for you. I'm amazed at it. This is the God whom we serve. So what is your name? Let's just ask the question. What's your name? If you were being honest before him, and he came and says, what's your name? You say, well, my name is Laurie. He says, this is not what I'm talking about. Well, what's really going on in there? What's your name? And, and whenever you know he's after you like that, He's going to get after some things because he's going to change you. So in other words, how pliable are you going to be in his hands when he's got a hold of you? Are you going to let him work on you in his wisdom? Are you going to let him work on you in his understanding? Are you going to trust him to reorient the entire being that you are into something else? But up to that point, everything Jacob was achieving in his life was by deception. Is he willing to give up those ways in order to trust God and his life could go forward in a new way? Lay down the old things, pick up the new things. I would encourage you to start wrestling with him. Getting alone, being honest with him. I would encourage you to pray like David prays. Find a psalm. Lord, search me and know me. And he does. Find any deceptive way in me. And he knows it but reveal it to me. And then when you show me those things, then lead me in the way everlasting. I think sometimes we're comfortable being Jacob. That's who we've always been. I think sometimes it's hard to let things go. But that's not the intention of God. So who are you? What's your name? And be honest. 
But think then, if God can take a deceiver and through him ultimately fulfill what God said to Abraham, bless the nations of the world, why can he not use this old deceiver to do some good things too? Amen? You believe that? I believe that. If not, where's there any hope? <laughs> There's no hope. No hope for you. There's no hope for me. What is the future? So know him. That's the goal. Know him. That's the goal. He says, what is your name? At some point, ask back, what's your name? You know it. He knows you're after him. He knows you're after him. I just don't want a blessing. Okay, great. But I want you. I want you. More than anything, I want you. And when, you, when, you're, when you're doing that, that, that's when change can happen. Because, because when, when you begin to fall in some depth of who he is, my goodness, your heart just opens up in such a way that he just gets in there with his toolbox and he starts working. So you may find yourself in a mess today. Okay. But he has a way out. You may have found yourself kind of faking this Christian thing. You call yourself Jacob, but you're a deceiver. Okay. But he's got a new name for you. He's got a future. It's planned. Amen. All right. Let me just say this. Eternity is real. You know, heaven's real too. And there will be a new heaven, new earth. But you know, it also means that hell is real too. The Bible says, and that's going to end up in the lake of fire. That's called the second death. That's real. This whole business of, of the deceiver to Israel plays a bigger picture. Because if we stay in our deception, there's an eternity to deal with. It's not just getting you out of your mess now, but there's a big picture going on here. And God's calling to you in the middle of it. I ask you today to think about this on a couple different levels. Think about it as life goes forward now, but think about it also to this aspect of eternity. That giving your life to him is about life change now. He will take you somewhere, but it's also a, a snapshot of a bigger picture of the place of eternity that he's taking you to. It's not just about finding a place out of your mess now, but it's also about eternity. See what I'm getting at? See, everything that we teach here all, always has that, that dual aspect to it. Yes, change now, but it's about eternity. Yes, forgiveness now, and that's also about eternity. 
Yes, life changed now, but that's also about eternity. Where he takes us ends up there. And that's the biggest picture of all. Amen. That's why, that's why a deceiver to Israel wasn't just about Jacob in the moment. It was about what was coming from him later that would save the world, Jesus. Got to think on, on dual levels with this stuff. So I'm encouraging today, if you need to, initiate a wrestling match. Get yourself alone and invite God to be with you. And open up your heart to him. And the Holy Spirit will ask, what's your name? And be honest. You don't have to put a mask on. You don't have to pretend. Be honest. And let him say, okay, your name is no longer this. But your name is now this. But if you have to back up right before things like that in your life, it may be speed God. I need you to save me in the first place. I need to give my life to you because I've been playing a game with this whole thing. Matter of fact, I want to give you an opportunity today to do that. That's the most important thing. I, I don't want you to leave this church today without knowing that your heart is set right with him. Most important thing. Amen? So let's just take a moment. Lord Jesus, you see our hearts. You know us just as we are. There's no hiding here. Lord, I pray for those that hearts are not with you. They simply cry out to you and ask for forgiveness. The Bible simply says that if we call on the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. I pray this call out to you. Lord, Lord, save me today. I thank you for your saving power. I pray, I pray right now they're, they're doing that. Lord, save me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, give me a new name. Help me become like you. Change. Lord, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Lord, I also pray for those today that they just find themselves struggling in a mess, Lord, that they understand that you're with them. They find encouragement. They find hope. You're going to see them through. I thank you for that. Everybody who leaves the house today, that our hearts are drawn close to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us in spite of us sometimes. Thank you for forgiving us. Wonderful mercy. 
Thank you for always putting a future in front of us. Yes, thank you for new life. And we worship you today and we praise you today. We worship you and we praise you today. High above all, The same God who was wrestling with Jacob that was showing up in all these stories in the Bible is the same God who does these things today. You have not changed. Lord, lead us on to eternity. Lead us on. Beyond our comprehension, the things that you have stored up for us. Lead us on. Oh, Jesus. Everybody would stand up today. We'll stand up on our feet. Now, with your eyes closed, if, if you know that you need life change, raise your hand up real quick. Let me see. Anybody? You just need life change. Anybody? You know, there's some Jacob in you. Anybody? Oh, Just give those things over to him. Lord, I want change. Here's the area I need changed. I know it. I've been convicted. It's obvious to me. Help me. Give me a new name. Go tell him. I'll start to wrestle with him about it. He'll touch you. He will undeniably change you. In Jesus' name, I'm so worthy. I'm giving space right now. I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to some of you. I'm going to give space for a couple moments. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I desire a church full of people that walk with a limp. Holy Spirit, come. Ouch.
speaking forth life today. He's speaking forth life. He's speaking forth newness. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Lord, as we dismiss today, I, pr I pray over the church. Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face to you and give you peace. All in agreement, say amen. Say it again, amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you have prayer needs when we close up here, please come down. We'd love to pray with you. If not, Wednesday night, we'll see you back next Sunday. Uh, be blessed as you go. Invite somebody to church next week. It's great to have you today. We'll see you next Sunday.